enjoy today's episode with Paul Council. So then, if you know, if someone does manage to break themselves away from the, the dominant thinking and what they've been programmed with, and just uh, the reptilian consumer, you know, spend more than you earn mentality, they and they manage to you know buy themselves space as you talk about there which i think is again like another one of these mind-blowing concepts that we don't think about everyone's thinking about getting more money but really is anyone really clear that they're going to buy themselves space and then what they would actually do with that space you know you've been challenging me around purpose and those sorts of things like what what do you do with the with the space that you've uh, been able to create what does it what does it feel like um, I, I, <laughs> it, it's really, it's really an, an interesting um, uh, question. But again, whatever your set of experiences are in any given area of your life, and so it can be the health-related experience, it can be relationship-related experience, it can be business-related experience, it can be uh, money-related experience, it can be spiritually-related experiences, it, it doesn't matter what it is. At whatever level of experience that you have uh, currently achieved, if you ask the question, is it possible to experience more? And if the answer to that is yes, then you say, what do I actually have to bring into my life in order to be able to experience more? And that's not more in the sense of greed or anything like that, but more for most people generally has to do with deeper levels of experience of something. I want a deeper level of spiritual experience. I want a deeper level of happiness. I want a deeper level of wellness. I want a deeper level of understanding. I want a deeper level of conversation. I want to have conversations with people that can take my thinking and in, and take it into areas that I've never, ever considered before that I didn't even know that I didn't even know about. And that's all about illumination. That's all about opening up possibilities, whereas the other style of conversation is all about closing down um, possibilities. And to experience a deeper level of anything, again, you need access to stuff that you don't know you don't know, and we can call that knowledge or we can call that data or we can call that experience. You need greater time to sit around and contemplate what has been said in these deep levels of conversations, in these deep thought bubbles, because they rattle around your head with your primary level of experience and you can't necessarily relate to the depths of them just yet. And so they require coming back to and they require coming back to and then you, you need somebody else to sort of put in their viewpoint and then somebody else articulate, ah, suddenly this is a little breakthrough, which is like a, uh, you know, a little sort of ray of sunshine through this little crack of um, possibility. And again, you know, um, in order to have those, then we need, um, you know, space in all of its forms, heart space, head space, time space, because we cannot get more time. I, I, if somebody else is 
got the secret of more time, I'm with you, you know. But we all, we, we, you know, we have these language patterns like daylight saving in Australia at the moment. My goodness <laughs> gracious, I'm so, so thrilled that I'm able to save an area of downlight, you know, say daylight. And look, I'm a pretty much a, a sort of a daylight saving miser. So I stick it in a glass jar and I stick it in the cupboard so that it doesn't, I don't lose it. And so every day I stick an hour's worth of daylight in, in the glass jar. And at the end of the week, I bring out, I got seven extra hours saved up. I'm really, really impressed. Um, but again, you know, if you think about just language patterns and how language generally restricts rather than expands and belief systems rather restricts rather than expands and people can't have a deeper level of anything. You know, sometimes um, some of you may have been on the journey for, you know, quote-unquote consciousness, quote-unquote awareness, and in our younger years we took off and we went to, I don't know, the ashram somewhere and, 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 and what did they provide? space an idea here an idea there but mainly space and the environment to ask to inquire to contemplate and when we go back into the modern day life what does it do the exact opposite you're busy 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 no space so you can't get well again i'm unaware of how you might get more time I'm, I'm acutely aware of how you can get more space. So you've had that space now for a significant period of time and you still choose to relate to people like us in, in real movement. You make your um, some of that space available to people like myself, uh, inquiring minds, why do you still do that with your space? Um, it's a, that's a really interesting question. It's like you get to a certain point where you've got basically all the space that you want except for one thing. And that's the experience that you get when you share that space, when you share those ideas with another human being. I can't do that by myself. I try really, really hard. And, uh, <laughs> but in fact, you know, we are social animals as far as I can actually work out. And we are so much more enriched when we enrich ourselves with the experiences of other people and just being in the energy orbit of positive um, others is is so beneficial and so if those positive others are you know financial spiritual mental uh, social then um, you know if you understand how energy actually works there's a multiplier effect going on that I cannot experience unless I'm actually experiencing that with with other people with other energy forms so the wealth that you've generated, because when we're talking about space, ultimately that's what we're saying, you, you know, buying with money is um, you're buying that space and that then gives you the opportunity to choose who you're going to relate to and what type of um, interactions you're going to have. Um, by and large, but I, I still drive on the road, so I still have to respect Mr. Policeman. 
I, yeah. <laughs> I, I still have to go to the hardware store and the, you know, the, yeah. the, fen- the fencing people and, and, the, and the supermarket and the, you know, the, the petrol shop and all of those sorts of things. And so I, I still have to interact with people who think that they own more of the road than perhaps other people um, own and they, they uh, you know, have bigger cars and they want to take up more space than smaller cars and all of those sorts of things. But it's actually the freedom to not actually buy in it. So you're basically in it, but you're not of it because you've got that that space around you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's one of the one of the key kind of thought worms that has stuck with me so far. That something that's stuck in my mind is that just getting more money. It, it has to be going towards something that you actually want towards purpose. And the biggest thing that you can get is space. So then what would you do with that space? So then that also gives me the frame of, well, if, if financially things are improving, then am I actually using that for what I said I wanted the money for, or am I just filling up more time? Um, and this probably goes back to our conversation earlier in the week you know, Paul, we're, I haven't told you where we've got to with that, but, you know, we go back and forward on um, my my movements and my many ideas and clutter and and things of, well, I want to do this, I want to do that. Um, and this conversation itself or this component of, you know, space and what do you actually want and where is, you know, where is positive energy, great energy going to be multiplied the most? Like these reflections having a deep impact on my life in a way that I, I didn't think that was where we were going to go with a lot of this. I thought we were going to talk about investing. I thought we were going to talk about, you know, making more money. And I do value your input on those topics. And I'm, I'm enjoying learning about those things. But the, the thing that's probably means the most to me is, is the reflection on how I'm living my life and the, you know, the thoughts that I'm applying to the, you know, challenges in relationships and, and um, how I'm using my time, you know, like that's the, that's the big one. But I guess people maybe don't want to, you know, find a philosophy or life philosophy coach or, or that sort of thing. So um, is that why, you know, you've been the money mentor and um, money mastery has been something that you've been teaching? Did you settle on that because that's, that's where you know, what people value most and where you can, you know, sort of get the starting point with a lot of people? Um, Not really. Um, I'm I'm generally... uh, Well... I can only remember maybe one or two goals that I've ever set for myself. Um, and in fact, the, the goal that I can remember setting for myself is to um, undertake a long-distance uh, kayak race of some 500-odd kilometres and, uh, you know, take out the gold medal. Now... I only set that goal not not because I was a paddler or as a 
kayak racer or is actually any, interested in anything like that at all. Um, it was, it was um, in 19, I think it was 80, 82 or 81 or something like that. Um, I was at, at a university and one of the guys there was a long distance um, kayak uh, racer. And he was training up for um, what they used to call the Murray River Marathon, which happened uh, in uh, Boxing Day, between Boxing Day and New Year's on the Murray River. And it's a race over five days. And so he asked me to come along and, and be land crew. And so you're racing for eight hours, nine hours, and you can have pit stops if you like. Or, but basically, you get to know... Uh, who are the people on the water, and, and you get to know that pure and utter exhaustion at the end of the day. And so, you know, over five days, you really get to appreciate. And so um, the person that I was uh, crewing for came second. And I thought, oh, look, you know, I know how much effort he's put in. Um, I'll go and find the person that actually won and congratulate him. And that was my absolute full intention. And it was at a place called Swan Hill. It was in the middle of the Oval, and it was New Year's Eve. And so everybody's, you know, celebrating in, in their festive uh, spirits. And I found this guy, and he had a, a fairly long lineup of people that were talking to him and wanted to congratulate him. And at the closer I got, the more I started to get a really awkward feeling um, because this guy wasn't exactly the most generous, it wasn't exactly generous of his competition, wasn't exactly generous of anything. It was rather egocentric and rather self-centred and, and he broke the record uh, for, you know, the fastest uh, journey over the five days. Now, by the time I got to him, I was so pissed off for my mate, <laughs> excuse the language, I just said, I just introduced myself and I said, look, next year, I am going to whitewash your record. I'm going to beat the living daylights out of you. And that's all I did. I just walked away and I went back to my mates and I told them what I'd said. And they all just fell around laughing. They just all chuckled, 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 chuckled. I said, what is we laughing? I thought I was defending your honour, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I was about 35 at the time. And... Uh, so that's the only goal that I had actually set. Now, I wasn't skilled, so I had to learn everything. I couldn't even stay in a canoe, let alone putty paddle it. Uh, so I only had one year to, you know, become a gold medal uh, marathon uh, kayak uh, person. And, and I knew that most people were faster and that, you know, technically more skilled and all that sort of stuff. But I was determined that if I could... So some days were 90, 95, 96 kilometres, and I was determined that if I could actually see the leader um, by about within the last couple of hours, I knew that I could pull them back. I, just how, that's how powerful that, you know, mind magnet was. So, so that's basically the only goal I've ever set. And I did win the gold medal, and I did break the record, and I never paddled again. Um, but I have... I have always wanted a lifestyle. I've always, wa I've always wanted lifestyle. I've always wanted freedom and independence. And so whatever I had to do in order to have that, then, then I did. And so when I started university, it wasn't an, I didn't have a goal to be 
you know, going to get qualified or anything. I didn't have a goal to, you know, I just didn't know what else to do. So, so when I got out of the military, I just parked myself at university because I thought that's where smart people were and I thought I might be able to learn things. Um, but I just loved the lifestyle. That, that's, all I, that's all I was interested in. Oh, this is free. You know, you don't really have to turn up. You just, you know, give the lecturers what they want and that's about all you have to do. And if you can do that, you can continue to live this lifestyle. And so I finished the first degree and I wanted to do another degree and then that led to uh, some postgraduate work and then that led to some master's work and then that led to a PhD. But, but I never, I, I didn't have the goal. I never, never, not once. It was, well, what do I have to do to continue to doing this? And so that's what, when money came in, okay, so this is the last I want. So what do I have to do? Okay, so I've got to be, you know, I've got to get a few dollars on board. But it was never my goal to become wealthy or anything like that. It's just I wanted a lifestyle. And so now I could cost that lifestyle out and say, okay, so now this is what has to happen. And so, you know, when you start identifying what it is that you want, then you start looking at, well, okay, so what's an obstacle to that? Okay, so now that's a, that's a solution in the offering. And that's all it ever was. And that's what it is now. So you, yeah, you, you wanted the lifestyle. You bought the lifestyle, in 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 a sense, and then you've been teaching other people this for twenty years or so. Twenty two years. So what is it about the you know in that process? If you've seen so many students, like why is it that you know some people are able to to do this? Um, I imagine that some people are going to take it in a different direction and, and kind of fall in love with the money. And we have spoken about a couple of people that you've been connected with that have maybe had different values around what they would do with the financial education. Um, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about like what you've seen as a, a mentor and teacher as, as people experience this and, and have more options for what they do with their futures, what they do with their money knowledge. Basically, you've seen the gamut. One of the questions you asked just earlier as you were um, just giving us some of your thoughts is what would you do with the space if you actually had financial freedom? Yeah. And, and the answer is, well, you don't know. And, and you cannot know. You cannot know until you actually achieve. And that's all I ever wanted to know. I just wanted to know what the answer was. And so to know the answer, nobody could tell me the answer. So then, okay, I've just got to go and do the achieving so that I can now experience the answer. Is, is that okay? So yep. a lot of what yep. I do is I just want to know. I don't want to leave the question unanswered. And the only way that I can know the answer is to actually achieve the outcome. Um, and, so, and so you ask, you know, what have I experienced? Um, Look, just about everything that you can experience is, is, is actually on offer. There are people that um, push back. There are people that are delighted. There are people who inquire uh, more and want, you know, deeper and deeper and deeper uh, knowledge lessons and support and all of those sorts of things. Um, there are people who are, you know, they want technique and strategy and so that they can... Um, achieve whatever level of status that is important uh, for them. Um, there are people that, uh, 
you know, ex once they actually have a few um, uh, strategies on board and a few skills on board, then greed takes over. And so they start measuring themselves by uh, what they don't have. What they don't have is, you know, hundreds of millions. What they don't have is a billion. What they don't have is 10 billion. What they don't have is a bigger yacht. What they don't have... And so they're always measuring themselves by, you know, an unquenchable yardstick. And, you know, I am, uh, you know, uh, most, um, you know, there are people who use money for the basis of power. And so I've seen corruption. I've, you know, I've been uh, ripped off by quote unquote business partners who you try to support. But I've never once bought into that as being a statement about me. That's a statement about them. Um, you know, in fact, they're always secondary people. You know, in other words, um, they need somebody to give them the ideas that then they can actually become skilled at. So they're not primary thinkers. They're always secondary uh, thinkers. And as a primary thinker, you know that you can always, um, you know, turn left, turn right, uh, you know, walk away, whatever, because it's you as a primary thinker always have the skills for uh, different directions and different lifestyles, different outcomes. And so I've never been threatened by anybody that, you know, quote unquote, has done the, um, you know, the nonsensical or, or the non, uh, um, you know, productive thing. And so, um, but it, it's, it's like, you know, at, at, the, at the basis of all of this, if I'm really brutally honest, is that, um, y you know, the, the greatest experiences that I can recount have always been with other people. And I can remember as a child, some of the greatest experiences I had with, quote, unquote, my playmates, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can have playmates at school. You can have playmates at university. I look. There are some experiences that I had at university that I would never have ever got anywhere on any planet in any part of the universe, except with a couple of blokes at this particular university at this particular time, and they are so rewarding and so enriching. But they were all about time and place. But that place required playmates at whatever level. So it doesn't matter whether it's at the, the schoolyard level, the um, professional level, the personal level. Um, and, you know, the, my experiences can be enriched simply by having playmates to play a higher game uh, with. And so, again, that supports and challenges and, and you rise up and it's all about um, growth. So, you know, I'm constantly doing it in order for people to you know, finally get the idea that they can actually come out and play. And in that playing, now we can do anything for anybody in any circumstance anywhere in the world. If you'd love to experience the impact that Paul's teachings can have on your life and your future, use the link in the show notes to find out more.